Hello and welcome to the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast with LaRanche Cortines, which you will now find exclusively on the Chop Sport channel of the premier streaming network. It's a big day. We're excited. It is Tuesday, January 10th. In this episode, we will revisit the entire FA Cup third round and ex- and examine where all of our friends in the Premier League have landed. But first, the big news. The big news is, like I said, we're part of Chop Sports channel on the Premier Streaming Network. Uh, the show's not going anywhere, but streaming will now be available only exclusively on streaming on the streaming network. And uh, the podcast will still come out twice a week, as it always has been, but it'll be streaming only once a week on the Premier Streaming Network. Very exciting stuff. And other news, Mike Salerno, my dear friend, is on hiatus. He's taking his responsibility as a dad much more seriously. He's got a lot to do, and he hasn't been able to watch as much football as he would like. So I'm going to ride solo for the time being until he has a guest spot he wants to do, or he's always welcome. Uh, I love him forever. He did this show with me. He wanted to give it a shot. And, you know, we did over 200 episodes together and spent two hours a week together for three years. So, uh, Mike, I love you, and thank you for doing this adventure with me. I feel really good about doing the show on my own these days. So it's not too big of a deal, So, uh, but we'll miss Mike, and I love him, and he'll be on when he is ready. The rundown of the show, we're going to go through the scores, and then I want to talk to everyone about the FA Cup and what makes it so incredible. We're going to talk about uh, Chelsea and the death of one of their legends, Gianluca Vialli, Italy legend um, and Chelsea legend, and what it means for the history within the Premier League. We'll talk Chelsea, we'll talk all the Premier League teams, and the massive result for Wrexham FC. But first, the entirety of the scores, starting with our friends in the Premier League. Manchester United defeat Everton 3-1, not really a problem. Everton are really poor, really having a hard time, and didn't play well. The Marcus Rashford revival continues, and this is a big deal for Ten Hag. I talked about it last week. He's good. This team is good, and frankly, I'm petrified. The Vieira revival at Palace has hit another speed bump at home. Crystal Palace lose to Southampton uh, 1-2. Not great from Palace. They're sputtering at the moment and not really hitting the heights that I wanted them to. This is the type of tournament that Crystal Palace could have lent into and really taken off, but they just couldn't find it at all in this game. Not sure what's going on there. Then, Mighty Burnley uh, defeat Bournemouth, who may swap places in this thing. Vincent Company and the boys win at Bournemouth 4-2. Not really hard. If you've been watching the championship at all, Burnley are flying. Uh, Vincent Company is a good coach. Uh, He's taken his team, he's taken limited resources, and he's really got them flying. And I frankly, and I think we said this a while ago, the difference between the bottom 10 teams in the Premier League and the top six in the championship usually is pretty close. Uh, It's not that different, especially when you're looking at a relegation team like Bournemouth and between Burnley, who just came down. 
The closer they are to when they were there, the difference. Our friends in Nottingham Forest lose to Blackpool. The mighty tangerine of Blackpool to defeat Nottingham Forest 4-1. And it wasn't close. Uh, Forest were looking good and just couldn't finish anything. And Blackpool hit them a couple times on the break and hurt Nottingham Forest. Nottingham Forest did make a lot of changes. But then again, who is their best 11? So we did see some of our friends from the championship. McKenna and Cook were back in. Less of them, the better. No Iwanawi uh, was there. Iwoni? I forget his name. I got it wrong. Uh, so they're out. And Nottingham Forest, really in a relegation battle, don't need FA Cup and FA Cup replays for them. Then the mighty Brentford lose at home to Moises West Ham. Good goal by Saeed Benrama from way out. Brentford, again, for Brentford, they're not established enough to feel like this FA Cup run is bad for them, they accept their wounds and move on. But for the next team, Sheffield Wednesday, the Wednesday of Hillsborough, where all those people died that the Liverpool fans will always tell you about. In fact, they talked about it again during the broadcast. It's just exhausting. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday 2, Newcastle 1. Yes, Newcastle rested their guys. I don't understand this. For Newcastle, you got to go for this. This is a chance for you. I don't agree with this. I don't understand it. But the Wednesday, get through. I believe they are in League One, so not even a championship. There's about 30 places between Newcastle and Sheffield Wednesday. More than that, actually. Anyway, Wednesday, a historic team, fun team. The Owls defeat Newcastle United. And then we go to Manchester City, just mop the floor with Chelsea. Chelsea are playing the kids. Graham Potter is looking, I hate to say it, I'm not good with these managers. I love Gerard. I love Potter. He might just be out of the loop. They, it does not appear that Chelsea players are taking on what Potter is putting down, and City just mopped the floor with Chelsea. It wasn't even close. Uh, Riyad Mahrez with two goals. Um, Alvarez comes on with a goal, and Phil Foden gets one of the prettiest goals you'll see City sweeping from left to right on two switches within the same play. And then Villa lose. They're cruising in this game. Then Dendonker brings a man down in a box. So it's double jeopardy, red card, and uh, red card and penalty. Stevenage get the goal, get one goal, and then they get another one from a son of Dean Windass. Uh, a Windass scores both goals. It's just fun to say Windass. And Aston Villa go out. Uh, I don't feel like this is a big deal for Unai Emery. I mean, I'm sure he would have liked to have win it, but Aston Villa were cruising in this game, and they just implode down the stretch. Final three minutes, boom, boom, two goals, man down, and blow it. And then today, Arsenal defeated Oxford United. And for their work, they did have to make work of it, had to make change in the second half. All the goals came in the second half, and Ketia gets another goal. Uh, they, for their work of defeating uh, mighty Oxford, they do get Manchester City in the next round. So in the next month or two, City is going to play Arsenal three times. Uh, we have a lot of time to see our friends from Arsenal very, very often. But let's go to the rest of the results. There's more. There, we took this. This tournament is big, and there are a lot of teams. And I mean a lot. So let us go through some of these uh, other teams. Let's go through the rest of them. Preston defeat Huddersfield. Preston North End. I don't know where the North End is, but it is Preston. Huddersfield, um, uh, James Picard, uh, Captain Picard's hometown. They lose under the new coach, 
not the same as the old coach. Reading defeat Watford. That is a suburbs of London derby. Uh, Tottenham defeat Portsmouth. That was not a loss. So Tottenham do continue. This game had two shots, one of them from Harry Kane. Very nice. Leicester defeat Gillingham. Not a problem for Leicester. They get their goal. They move on. Uh, Brighton drop a five spot on Middlesbrough. That one was nice and easy. Middlesbrough on the move with uh, Michael Carrick at the helm and Fulham defeat Hull City in what was probably the most friendly game you could possibly watch. No needle, no fight. Not really a great game. Fleetwood Town defeat QPR. Fleetwood Town famously... Was it Fleetwood? That was run by their fans once, managed by the fans. Ipswich Town, the Tractor Boys, defeat Rotherham 4-1. So these, I'm saying these names because they're going to come up later. Um, and so we're going to keep that going. Flying High, Sheffield United defeat Millwall. Millwall, historically a fun team to get into the next round. Chesterfield, get a replay against West Brom. Chesterfield, way down. The great and powerful Boreham Wood, one of the lower teams in here, defeat another great team name. Akrington Stanley, they get a replay, 1-1. They didn't defeat them. Sunderland defeat Shrewsbury. Sunderland, old friends, famous for having Sunderland Till I Die, the original uh, show that is not a ripoff. And we go another replay, Luton Town versus Wigan Athletic. I fucking hate Wigan. I'll always hate Wigan. Wigan are evil, and that's Colo Torre's team. Uh, They continue uh, to go through. And Grimsby Town defeat Burton. But I leave the best for last. Wrexham, AFC, go to championship side, Coventry. The Sky Blues of Coventry, rest in peace, uh, Terry Hall and the Two-Tone Boys, and lose and defeat Coventry 4-3 in a bonkers, bonkers game. So that is the entire results of the FA Cup third round. So... On this 10-minute mark of the show, you've, you've stuck with me this long, I want to talk about the uh, FA Cup and what it means, and if you haven't heard of it, and where it sits historically in this Premier League. I'm sure most of you know this, but some people are American. Some people are going to watch the show for the first time, and they're going to want to know, what is this cup? Why is there an FA Cup? What are they doing? So the FA Cup is the oldest football tournament in the world, started in 1871, Uh, Before there were leagues, before they had schedules, teams and clubs would simply set things up and play games. And someone came up with the bright idea of, hey, let's set up a knockout round with every team in the country, puts their names in the hats, and we just go with it. Um, And that has evolved into this giant cup competition in England that encompasses all the teams. So start, like I said, started in 1871. And there are, I believe, uh, oh, God, where are the entries? Oh, 732 teams in this tournament. So it's like taking all the basketball teams, all of AAU, all of the NCAA, all down to Division Three, all of the NBA, and saying we are going to have a cup with single game elimination. And I think if you did that, you actually might have a really cool tournament because some weird team, especially uh, with with single elimination, would be the team. And so there are 11 rounds. So it starts very early. And the early rounds are really weird. Like you can get in to the FA Cup because a team doesn't have a team or misses a payment 
or something like that, where teams can just kind of get in. Uh, the Premier League teams and the and the championship teams drop in in the third round. So there's already been half more, you know, hundreds and hundreds of teams kicked out. And this weekend, the third round is historically one of the great weekends of football. They clear out all the leagues, all the teams that are left get into it. So you will occasionally have a team that is a local fifth or sixth or seventh division team in the tournament. And that's what Wrexham is. Wrexham right now is not a full professional team. They are not part of the football league, which is leagues two through four. They are one division out. They're in something called the national league. So for them to beat the second division below the premier league, Coventry is huge. There are like 95 places between them. So it is a fantastic tournament that meant a lot more through most of its history. Um, it was a big deal. If you won it, it mattered. Um, and it only in the last 15 years or 10 years has taken a little less value. And one of those reasons is money. Uh, the money in the Premier League is so huge. Just to give you context, I believe if you win the FA Cup, it's worth $30 million, maybe $10 million. And if you are simply in the Premier League, you get $150 million just for being in it one season. So just to give you context of why teams don't fight for these things or why being in the Premier League is so important. Now, for lower league teams, it's still, still really valuable and getting through it is a huge, huge deal. Like you get a game where you share the gate with Manchester United and you are, you know, um, Borum Wood. That's huge. You've completely changed your season. You've completely made a transfer window. So teams live off, especially the lower league teams, they do live off the um, off the FA Cup. And if you win the FA Cup, you do get put into the Europa League, which is a European competition. It There used to be something called the Cup Winners Cup, which essentially was like the Champions League, but only for teams that won their country's cup. But they've scrapped that and put it all together. It used to be called the UEFA Cup. Anyway, it's cool. Uh, there is a romance to it. There is a magic to it. Uh, there is some fame and power to it. It's just a really cool thing that has so much history. It it, it predates the Premier League. It prelates the league. And it, it for a lot of people, especially in England, it was the only day of televised soccer. Um, you people don't know this, and most people don't know this. There's not a lot of televised soccer in the UK. So for a lot of people, FA Cup games, FA Cup finals were the only game you could watch. They were the only ones on television. So some of the games are massively famous. Uh, the most famous being Harrisford versus uh, Newcastle, I believe in... Um, just have to look at that. Yeah, Hereford United versus Newcastle, 1971-72, that you'll just hear about it forever. Uh, Ronnie Radford's goal, the fans go on the pitch. It's great to watch it because all the fans are wearing like green military surplus jackets. a really good, cool video to watch because they have to clear the pitch after the goal. The game continues, um, and it's a really amazing snapshot of what this thing meant. So they were non-league, Harrisford, named after the bull and the cow. You can still see it on their logo. Uh, very cool, uh, very fantastic little story, worth looking up. 
another team that was a giant killer for years and years and years. Yeovil Town have a record of 20 wins against non-league teams. Yeovil, I have been there. Yeovil is a tiny, tiny, tiny coastal town in the middle of nowhere, and they are famous for taking teams out. Lots of great little stories about it. It's less so now, less so now. Um, and, you know, the big teams have won most of them. So Arsenal have 14 wins. Uh, United have 12. Chelsea with eight. Liverpool, eight. Spurs have eight, but haven't won since 91. I like to kick it to the Spurs heads. Villa, last one in 57. Newcastle, last one in 55. It's the last title they won. City coming up on the rail. We last won it in 19 against um, against Watford. So just a lot of great history, and I hope that people find it fascinating and interesting look it up find out about the fa cup it's a hoot it's fun uh when your team wins it matters when they don't eh, it's less interesting <laughs> but i do want to now stop onto uh, the giant killers that we're working through and that would be wrexham fc uh wrexham fc have come on strong of late because of ryan reynolds and um McElhaney from um, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Rob McElhaney. They've come on and bought the team. Uh, they've made a story out of it. They have made a really cool documentary on Hulu in the U.S. So Wrexham AFC have become a big team. Uh, the first four episodes were more about Ryan and Mount Rob McElhaney, but then they did what Sunderland Till I Die did. And it just shows how much a football team can mean to a small town. And, you know, this win for Wrexham really is, will be remembered by them for decades. This is the kind of thing that lifts your team and puts you into the stratosphere. They have their guy, Paul Mellon, who is featured prominently uh, in the show. Um, and, you know, he's scoring goals. He's playing two levels down. But uh, Wrexham... Get the win. There we were up 4-1. Four, 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 this game was bananas, but very championshipy, very, uh, you know, very quick and dirty. A lot of set pieces, a lot of balls just going in by accident, and a lot of a, a lot of up and down. If you watch Wrexham and you watch lower league football, it doesn't look like Premier League football. The guys are slower. There's less thought, and mistakes happen. But it was such joy. I think, you know, the thing you can take away from the FA Cup and from football in general, and the thing that I love about it the most, it's it's the moments, it's the joy, it's you get wrapped up in it. It's really easy. Um, it's sort of like, the way I accredit it to is, it's so genuine and authentic that it's like being in a comedy club where people are laughing at a joke and you get swept up in laughing. I know that's not the best feeling, but it is that kind of collective lifting up that can happen with a team and Wrexham have done that uh, along with Stevenage we talked about it in the results Stevenage beating Aston Villa is huge and just lifts the team up to the stratosphere they can't even talk about how good that feels and where they go so the FA Cup is just a massive massive um, event it's fun uh, it can take you to places it can take your team to places and is super duper exciting and if you're not following along and you can't really see why people follow football. You know, it is the same five or six teams winning the league every year, but these cups throw upsets. And so while the last few years, the FA cup has had, 
you know, the same teams winning, it, it can mean something for the team that really goes for it. I think for Americans, we don't have a good system to deal with it. We don't quite understand the idea of never winning anything and it being okay. <laughs> so um, it's just fascinating and I love it. And it's going to come to the NBA. They're definitely going to do some kind of knockout tournament to the NBA because they see it and they know that having more winners and different variety of winners can really pick things up and move things along for people who are very into it. So um, I do want to talk about some of the specific games, uh, just what they mean in terms of, you know, our our crisis, see where our top six are. Let's go back to some of these games that we talked about for the big boys. Uh, I'll start with um, Liverpool. Liverpool drew 2-2 against Wolves, but this was another bad performance. Um, it was another game that, you know, Liverpool cannot feel good about what happened in this game. It's not a result that they want. They got a replay. Uh, replays meaning in the FA Cup and something that all managers of big teams complain about. In the FA Cup, if you tie, if you have a draw, they don't just keep moving. You play again. They don't go to penalties. They play a second game. And so Liverpool now have an extra game because they got this draw with um, with Liverpool with uh, Wolves. Now, there were great goals in this. Darwin Nunez um, scored a goal on a crazy pass from Trent Alexander-Arnold. Just one of those balls that you're just like, where's that ball been? Mo Salah got a goal where eh, maybe a little offside. Maybe the ghost of Anfield came in. Uh, Guedes got a gift from Allison, who just completely fucking had a brain lock and kicked the ball straight to him. And then the last, the, the goal to tie the game from Huang He Chen, or He Chen Huang, I forget, uh, was really nice stuff. One twos around the box. And uh, Liverpool got their goal. So that game was tied at 2-2. No problem. But there was late controversy in this game. At the end of the game, um, Totti, I believe his name is, the defenseman for... Let me just make sure I got that right. Uh, where is it? Where is he? Why is his name on here? Maybe he's he's got a different name and I'm not finding it on here. Anyway, uh, comes in. He scores a goal that is flagged offside. And this game's supposed to have VAR, but they can't check it or review it because they don't have a camera angle because they pushed in too hard on the video replay and... They couldn't check it, so goal didn't stand. So literally, Anfield, <laughs> Liverpool get through this game that they don't want to play. They would have much rather lost this game, to be fair, because they'll probably beat Wolves a second time. They get a call because the camera didn't see it, and they couldn't check it. So they should have lost this game 3-2. Liverpool fans cannot feel good about where they are. They still can't defend. They're having the same problems we've been talking about all season, and they... They put their big boys in. Henderson, Fabinho, Thiago, Gakpo, Nunez, Salah, TAA. The only, this was their best 11. 
and it was still bad. I think Klopp at home wanted to win this game, and they still get a replay. They should have lost. There's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It is absurd that they did not get this goal called. It's just, it's just shocking. Yeah, his name's Totti. I don't, I don't know why his name's changed there. It's one of these uh, Brazilian guys who's got like five names, and then they just go, oh, you, yeah, he's Portuguese, and they just call him Totti. Oh, of course, he plays for Wolves. Of course, his name, he's Portuguese. Anyway, it's absurd. Um, it was in the 82nd minute. Should have never happened. And um, they get to keep playing, and they they get another game. So crazy on that one. Uh, I'll go to Everton Man United just because um, David De Gea had a terrible howler in the near post that he allowed um, <laughs> Connor Cody to score a goal. But then again, Marcus Rashford with a couple of really nice passes, set up one, scored one, just cruising for United at this point. That was on Friday. Just really, really good. Again, United cruising, United killing it, United scary, United on the march. I don't like it. I don't want it. It scares the crap out of me. Um, you know, Anthony scored as well. Uh, just one of these things where United are cruising, uh, Everton are not. I don't think that this is going to kill Frank Lampard, but you can't keep losing because the team will turn on him. But it was a dominant performance. But still from United, but still a little scary. The other one um, is around Chelsea. Again, as usual, narratives never revolve around the great and powerful uh, Manchester City. We are just the foil for stories. Um, in this case, Chelsea just had nothing. They just had nothing. They're terrible right now. And I don't know, I don't know, and I want to defend Grand Potter because, you know, everyone knows I love him. There's nothing there. I mean, Chelsea are injured, sure. Um, Chelsea have a long, long history, have a long, long history of having difficulty with coaches. I mean, they got Tuchel fired. They have not been easy to be the coach of part of that was abramovich but i can't imagine that the culture of the team has changed so much and i know i'm repeating myself has changed so much that the players don't still behave in that way i just don't see it uh all the goals are on 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 um on city side Mares. Alvarez, Foden, and Mares again. Just no problem. Easy peasy. Three goals in the first half. This game was done and dusted. Now, did Chelsea play their best group? No. But they played some of them. You know, the defense of Shalaba, Humphreys, Koulibaly, and Lewis Hall. Sure. But who they had been playing have been terrible. So what are they supposed to do? Play Cucurella again? Play 38-year-old uh, Thiago Silva again? No, they had to play their guys. They played young kids. Koulibaly has been a signing that's been terrible. Um, I'm sure Angela can tell us about Koulibaly, her friend from Napoli. But I think they let him go for a reason. Napoli don't let players go unless it's time and they get a good deal. So they got a good deal. 
you know, and he's on the back end. City play their second string. On the bench is Stones, Ake, Kinsele, Cancelo, Gundogan, Holland, Kevin De Bruyne, and now the incomparable, undroppable Rico Lewis, who completely has taken over City. <laughs> I don't understand it. And guys who haven't played. I mean, frankly, I haven't seen I haven't seen Sergio Gomez play for City since the third week of the season. So, but City, but City did get like two left footers on the left side, and then Akanji's been playing all season. Walker had a good goal, uh, but this isn't about City. City just make everyone look terrible. But Chelsea are really, really bad. They had one shot on target, one. They didn't even create offsides. They weren't even. It didn't feel like they were trying, which I think is the biggest problem that any Chelsea fan could have. There's not a lot of even fouls committed. Like, go get stuck in. Go kick someone. Get fouled. Do something. That's not nothing. And don't do something stupid. Like, Kai Havertz got a penalty called on. He sticks his hand up in the air in the penalty box. But this is about Chelsea. I think the next month is going to really decide where um, Graham Potter is. And I don't know if Boley understands this. Without the fans on side, they will demand that he's fired. It's not like baseball. It's not like the NFL. The fans will turn on you. It's not the same. They have a third estate. It's not just the players and the owners. The fans count. Ask any of those people who signed up for the fucking Super League. It's just not going to fly if nothing is moving the right direction. And Grand Potter might be too chill for Chelsea. It's possible. I really like him. I don't want him to fail. But it might be that he's just not going to make it. He's not going to make it. I do want to talk about, uh, before we get into the draw for the next round, I do want to talk about um, Gianluca Vialli. He was a player, and this has actually really got into the performance of Chelsea that the players didn't even recognize that they should honor Gianluca Vialli. Gianluca Vialli was an uh, Italian striker. He had played at Sampdoria, won the league, uh, won, the, won the Champions League at Juventus. So a big player, when before the Premier League, the biggest league and most vital league in the world was the Italian League. Um, Berlusconi rev- revolutionized television deals, and so the money flowed to Italy. The best league in the world was the Italian League. Uh, and that has, over the last 15 years, really been in the Premier League. But there was a moment when the Premier League had just started, sort of before the Bosman ruling, oh, around the Bosman ruling, uh, which sort of made players fly around everywhere, that there was a contingency of Italian players who came specifically to Chelsea. And they changed the culture culture of the club. As you list, If you watch the ESPN FC show, Craig Burley uh, and um, Frank LaBeouf often discuss this. This idea that the Italians came in with a professionalism, a level of professionalism that, you know, the, the, the English players just didn't even understand or know about. So they were fit. They were working out. They weren't drinking. They had discipline. So both Gianfranco Zola 
and Viali come in together along with Roberto Di Matteo, uh, and they bring a different level of play that the English didn't understand. And that mix and that cross-culture that came into Chelsea really is kind of the beginning of the revival. Prior to this era, this mid-'90s era, Chelsea were just another team in London. They had been relegated within the last 10 years. They were more known for violence and Chelsea headhunters. But it's Zola and Viali and um, Mark Hughes and Dennis Wise who come in, although Dennis Wise is much more of a street-fighting traditional English. But if you look at it, before they come in, the, ten, the six seasons of before the Premier League, they finish 11th, 11th, 14th, 11th, 14th, 11th. That Nothing's there. Viali comes in, they finish 6th. They win an FA Cup. They win two FA Cups. Uh, I'm pretty sure they won a European Cup. And they haven't finished... I mean, that one season with Mourinho, and now this season, they hadn't finished outside of the top six for 25 years or 30 years. I mean, 25, since 2000. They, you know, in 96, 97, they finished sixth, and then they finished in the top 10 all the way through. So it's their arrival. It's Gianluca Viali's arrival that signifies modern Chelsea. And um, this is a man who died. He had cancer. He died at 58 years old. He's well-loved. He'd stayed in London, um, an important player in Premier League history. He actually took over as the player coach of the team. Um, I believe I got – I'm going to check right now uh, just what they won under him, uh, Gianluca Viali. I should have known this. They definitely won an FA Cup, and they definitely won a European Cup Winners' Cup. I'm almost positive of that. I just want to triple-check. And he won a, a Euro under with Mancini – uh, as the as a coach so he's a massive massive player yeah let me see as a player with chelsea right they win the fa cup they win the league cup and the cup winners cup so three trophies uh league cup and then uh fa cup 96 97 then league cup and, and cup winners cup so they do a double not not they do a, a minor double uh of the league cup and the cup winners cup but that's a big deal so like i said they won the fa cup and then they win the tournament of all cup winners but he had done lots of winning, won the Champions League with uh, UEFA, with with Juventus, um, Coppa Italia, Serie A, Serie A. You know, a winner, a real winner, and a good manager. His last managerial stint obviously didn't go well. He was at Watford, but he managed Chelsea for two years. They were okay, and uh, he showed something. And he was scoring double-digit goals in Serie A when you could not score double-digit goals. <laughs> it was really hard. Um, and he was on the world famous Cup of 90, uh, World Cup uh, FIFA, Italia 90, which is sort of like the first mark, marker in modern football. But very interesting man, very kind man. All the stories show um, what a good dude he was. And I happened to be in London when he came to the team. And I do remember my girlfriend's friends being over the moon with Chelsea winning the FA Cup for them. This was a huge deal, uh, and Viali brought them that. So if you don't know this about players, and I think I discussed it in the previous episode, the players on your team who are there when you win a trophy of any kind, and that's why the winning matters. Like I know Spurs fans don't want to hear this. Winning those cups matters. The players that are on the team when you win a cup 
become legends. They are they are seared into the team, especially when when it's all about. Especially when it's the first time it's all about the moment. You know, Chelsea have had a bad run. Havertz has gotten killed. Why do Chelsea fans give Havertz a, a, a pass? Scored the goal in the Champions League final. You can live off that. Why is Maradona famous? Scored two goals against England, the hand of God. It's all about the moment. And so Viala lives in a moment for Chelsea as the beginning of Chelsea. And then Abramovich comes 10 years later and the whole thing just goes. So... Very important we say adieu to Mr. Gianluca Vialli uh, and what he meant to Chelsea. So some of these things are bigger than just um, the event. The man encompasses a moment. So that's why these players matter. Um, Now, let us go to the FA Cup draws. FA Cup draw, always a good time. So if we don't know this because we're outside of this, the FA Cup does something that's very fascinating. Um, we don't do seating in England. We don't have weighted seating. We simply put balls in a bag. They have a show, and they pick the balls out, and that's who you play. So they do a lottery for who plays who. Um, just stepping away for a second just to get some internet juice going. And that's how they pick it. So teams have teams still have replays. So there's there's if ands uh, for the for the FA Cup. And I'm going to run through them before we um, before we say adieu to this. So fourth round picks. Here we go. Here's a full draw. Preston North End get Tottenham. Southampton get Blackpool. We know they defeated uh, our friends at Forest. Wrexham get Sheffield United. A very, very nice draw. I'm sure Wrexham would have loved to get like Manchester United. That would have been incredible. But Sheffield United, good, good championship team. Probably going to be promoted. Burnley get Ipswich. That's a team that Burnley should beat. They may get to the fifth round. United get Reading. Reading, a mid-table championship side. Famously, Shaka Hislop's former team. Now we have the teams that have replays. Luton Town. Or Wigan will play Grimsby Town. So uh, our friend Colo Torre will have a shot there. Derby County meet West Ham. Stoke versus Stevenage. Stevenage, one of the lowest ranked teams. They're the team that defeated Villa. Uh, They get Stoke City. Stoke are meh. Uh, Blackburn versus Forest Green Rovers or Birmingham City. Um, Forest Green Rovers, very famous because they are literally owned by a very uh, eco-friendly guy, and the team is all eco-nuts. Even though they're called Forest Green, it sounds like they should be by nature. They weren't always that, but they now they are weirdos. And then Birmingham City, famous for uh, Jude Bellingham. They sold him to uh, Borussia Dortmund. Warsaw versus Leicester City. Sheffield Wednesday, Fleetwood Town. What kind of names? What a beautiful thing. Manchester City, as I said, Arsenal. That is the pick of the round. Someone going home early. Then we have a double replay. Bristol City or Swansea versus Chesterfield versus we- or West Brom. We haven't quite determined that yet. Then Brighton do pick get Liverpool or Wolves, depending on that replay. So not an easy one for Liverpool. They go away to Brighton. Difficult game. Fulham at home to Sunderland. 
And then another fun name group, Borumwood or Accrington Stanley versus Cardiff or Leeds. Famously, this Cardiff game, I forgot to mention this. There was a Luis Suarez style event uh, in the Cardiff Leeds game where Leeds took a shot and the defender for Cardiff blocked it with his hands intentionally, got the red, got the penalty against, and Leeds missed. <laughs> uh, I mean, thankfully, Leeds did again uh, bring the game level to get the replay, but could have been one of those moments where uh, things went awry for our friends in Cardiff Leeds. So very crazy stuff, very fun stuff, enjoyable stuff. Um, I'm going to go. I don't think I've missed anything. Uh, just I recommend getting into the FA Cup. We'll come back around. I believe League Cup is being played. The Carabao Cup's right in the middle of the week. I'm going to throw a little Carabao Cup in here uh, while before we go. Yeah, Carabao Cup tomorrow. So this cups on top of cups, double cups. Uh, it's like a D cup. Uh, United play Charlton, Newcastle versus Leicester, and then Wednesday Forest Wolves or Southampton versus City. The League Cup, uh, the Carabao Cup, does not have all the teams. So this is actually the quarterfinals, the semifinal. I don't even know what round. What are they calling it here? Jesus Christ! You think I know these things? It is the quarterfinals of the League Cup. It's the first trophy of the year. Usually wraps up in February. So we'll know the semifinals after this round. Uh, this is a chance for some teams. Our friends from Forest again, pushing their names around, might have a chance against Wolves, especially at home. United get the easy draw of Charlton. Uh, Newcastle, Leicester, they just played each other. Newcastle smashed them. But those games are tomorrow. Uh, worth a shot, all on ESPN+. Plus. I should get a an affiliate uh, uh, ranking for ESPN+. Plus. Um, anyway. Mike, we love you. This was the Squeaky Bum Time podcast with Laurent Cortines, which you can now find exclusively on the Chop Sports Channel on the premium, on the streaming, on the premier streaming network. Uh, we record on Tuesdays and Fridays, so be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or YouTube. Please hit that like button. And if you are listening on Apple or YouTube, please rate or review the show and i will write the ending of the show a lot better so that i don't run into this problem again